This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. After hitting the ground running with the Miami Dolphins, Philip Lindsay is not practicing. Welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show. My name is Jake Vendel. Joining me as he does as we talk about the Dolphins three times a week, Joshua Hobbs. Josh, we usually we usually talk for a minute or two before we start the show, and, and you just hit me over the head with the, hey, surprise, uh, the Dolphins did the Dolphins thing, and these injuries just pop up out of nowhere. Philip Lindsay wasn't seen practicing. So you, we, Josh, I was feeling so good coming in today and you just went and, and soiled it all. So it's the perfect start to a Dolphins podcast. I definitely boinked you over the head it's with the, the first quarter. <laughs> I just felt it was so perfect. I went there to send you the invite to this uh, Zoom meeting and I saw Philip Lindsay is in a practice. And I just said, is that not just this? So Miami Dolphins after we just, you know, spent the last episode praising everything he's done. Now he's not at camp. I, I don't know how we go from there, Jake. How are you doing today, man? You know, I have to say I'm doing pretty good. It's that time of the year. Everyone's releasing their uh, Spotify lists for, um, you know, their, their songs, their artists, and even their podcasts, Josh. And it's actually been kind of cool. It's actually been pretty heartwarming to see us appear on some of those Spotify lists, get tagged in those. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you. This has been such a fun ride, Josh. I mean, it, it's so miserable when a team's one in seven and we have to talk about God, I don't, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett starting. Uh, but when we, we have these streaks and we can have fun and we can talk about Jalen Waddle waddling and, and laugh with each other and then see these type of tweets, man, it, it's, it's a cool feeling to kind of see that all string together. It really is. And like Jake said, thank you guys so much for always supporting us, you know, liking anything that we post, retweeting, and of course, listening to the podcast. So again, without you, there is no us. And it is much better though, Jake, to come on here and talk about the Miami Dolphins after a 33-10 win. And like you said earlier in the season, when we were talking about Jacoby Brissett and, you know, Isaiah Ford and some of those other things. Josh and the snow's on the ground. It's kind of that season. So let's keep the love going, man. And let's talk a little bit about Jalen Waddle. Usually our midweek shows have been, you know, we, we were just kind of 
talking about it, turmoil, bad things happening. But I mean, it seems like now, you know, I'll scroll through my Twitter feed and two to three times a day, I'll be a little shocked. I'll see Peter Schrager waddling or, or some sort of cool stat or graphic that says, hey, the Dolphins aren't one of the worst teams in the NFL, which is nice to see. Josh, Jalen Waddle, six or more targets in 11 or 12 games so far this year. And 30% of Miami's targets to wide receivers have gone to Waddle. He's coming off his first career 100-yard game against the Panthers. And I think the most impressive thing about Waddle in his rookie season, Josh, is you kind of look back to, let's say, late September, early October, and Jamar Chase was lighting the world on fire. And I don't blame everyone for getting caught up in this, you know, week to week league we live in where, you know, the panic button, but man, Jalen Waddle is put it into another gear and that consistency as kind of cast a shadow over, you know, what Jamar Chase and, and Devontae Smith is even doing because Waddle has been so consistent for the Miami Dolphins, Josh. I want to ask you about how you feel Waddle is looking inside this offense. And on top of that, would his numbers be worse if guys like Will Fuller or Devontae Parker were, were healthy, or would that just kind of make his life even easier? I really wish we had an answer for that last question because, I mean, would it not be perfect to have Parker out there, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle? I mean, then we could truly see what this offense is capable of. But um, to your point, Jake, I mean, we come on here every week and talk podcast, do two or three. I mean, is that not why we jump to these reactionary things, why Justin Herbert was, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time, why Jamar Chase was by far the greatest receiver? But you absolutely love to see what Jalen Waddle's done. And a lot of that is, you know, despite early in the year, we said he was kind of in a box. We saw some of those spaghetti charts where everything was, you know, underneath routes. I mean, they're starting Touching to open safeties. this thing up. And uh, I think what makes me most excited is, yes, Jamar Chase is, you know, maybe a once-in-a-generation player. But what you see with Jalen Waddle is a guy that literally this offense built, you know, moves around. I mean, when he's in motion, mm-hmm. just some of the way, things he does, it opens things up for some of those other guys. It's just been so impressive. And I think what stood out most is, you know, a lot of these speed receivers, they don't have that same ability to go up and make those contested catches like we've seen mm-hmm. from Jalen Waddle. And, you know, he's just continuously making those big plays when you need them most. So I don't know if he'd be having those big plays and doing some of those, having all these receptions if Will Fuller was out there. But, you know, then to the point, maybe that's opening up some of those deep plays that we've yet to see Jalen Waddle truly execute. But I love it, man. I love logging on Twitter, you know, seeing every different website with a different stat on Tua, you know, how he's looked over 16 games, what Jalen Waddle's done throughout NFL history. I mean, it's awesome to see all these promising pieces. And again, when we're all we're so early ready to jump down Chris Greer's throat, jump down Brian Flores' neck, I mean, you're starting to see some of the promising pieces that they put together that make you say, okay, maybe we should give this one more year. Yeah. And with that too, we overreacted a little bit, but I mean, this team did lose seven straight games and, and I'm going to be haunted by, you know, the Colts, the Raiders, the Jags. We're all, we're all like going that. to be, we're all going to be, we missed <laughs> the playoffs going. because of those games. I mean, uh, you're, you're spot on with that, Josh. And you made a great point about uh Waddle here about the fact he goes up and, and goes for that contested catch. I mean, there were so many years with Mike Wallace who made a living just kind of going behind a defense and big Ben would kind of just loft it into his arms. Uh That's great when you have a quarterback that can do that. But in terms of a receiver, you want someone who can do, you know, have a wider toolbox, have a larger toolbox of what they can accomplish um, on a break or, or when the ball's in the air and that man, that third and eight touchdown he had for the, against the Panthers. I mean, that was it. That was the play I've been waiting to see out of this Dolphins offense for, uh, you know, 10 weeks at this point, you know, I wish they kind of turned more of those drives into touchdowns, but when you're talking about what you want to see out of this offense with two, you know, top, Six picks uh, in back-to-back drafts. I mean, that third and eight play was uh, very, very special. He's currently on pace, Josh, for 1,075 yards on 109 catches, 
breaking Anquan Bolin's 101 rookie reception record. Josh, I mean, this dude screams what the Dolphins were trying to do with Jarvis Landry, but that speed, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about it until we're blue in the face. That's the true difference of, you know, why Waddle is someone who can go high in the first round compared to, you know, every team would still love a, a Jarvis Landry in the second, but this is that kind of Madden Ultimate 99 version of it, let's say. Love that. I mean, this is why, you know, they showed the Jacksonville Jaguars big board and, you know, there were only two or three elite players there and there was Jalen Waddles because Let's of his not speed. compare ourselves to the Jags. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that. I guess I really wasn't thinking about that. I, uh, but you, you get my point. I mean, he it's right, that world class right. speed. It's his ability to, you know, be that guy that can turn a screen into a big player, also go up there and make the big play. So I love what we've seen out of him, Jake. And I just hope that once we do get some of those other pieces back, you know, maybe Will Fuller comes back. I, I have to ask you, Jake, if you saw that. But Brian Flores at his press conference yesterday said that, you know, you know, Devontae Parker's coming back this week to practice. You all said Michael Dieter was written down there. So um, I saw that. And then he mentioned Will Fuller was not practicing today. And then went even one step further and said there were many broken bones or in that fractured finger. So um, I heard that, Jake, and I immediately thought about us and the Charlie about how, you know, it goes from just being a sprained finger or whatever to now, you know, we're hearing many broken bones. So uh, hopefully someday we see a healthy Will Fuller out there. Hopefully this weekend we see a healthy Devontae Parker out there. And then, you know, maybe – just maybe then we see Jalen Waddle take this game to even another level. And holy shit, dude, could you imagine? That would be a blast. But I mean, that's kind of crazy. The more you hear about, you know, Will Fuller staying out. I mean, you had some pretty funny tweets. I mean, this guy's finger must have looked like something, you know, comparable to like a bendy straw. I mean, if, if it's taking, you know, th- this long, because those things hurt, man, it, it does hurt when you break a finger. But, you know, you hear about so many guys coming back uh, quickly. And I mean, I don't. I'm not going to question a player's toughness. So this must be some sort of insane break. And, you know, we, we, I'd love to see him, you know, a couple games with Tua this year. And, you know, you kind of look at what happened with Buffalo week two, that kind of derailed the season. Uh, But Josh, I want to talk about this offensive line real quick because Michael Dieter is coming back. Greg Mance is coming back. How do you put five guys on this offensive line uh, when you have 10 guys that just can hike the football? Great. That's a great question. Your cousins. So you can line them up at guard. You could. I was going to say Jesse Davis did show up. Oh, it was a vet rest. Never mind. He showed up for a vet rest on the injury report. So Davis will be out there. I, that would be my first, you know, question. How do you get Jesse Davis on the bench and hopefully, you know, upgrade that right tackle position? But I don't How think do you do that, Josh. I was going to say, do do? I don't put, think put you, Hunt? Uh, yeah, right tackle. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, I think that's what we've all been kind of banging the table for. But at this point, I mean, you're starting to see, a, I don't want to say a, a better offensive line, but you're starting to see them capable and you're starting to see with two yeah and with two out there I mean he's like the perfect bandage for that offensive line so I don't know who they throw out there Jake but hopefully it's not Reed or you know bowling for soup under his legs because that 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 was game changing it could have changed that game for sure right and with that too Josh uh we have Rob Hunt he was limited on Wednesday with a back injury we're recording this on Thursday and we will be back on Friday with our full game preview but Josh uh Philip Lindsay he was actually limited on Wednesday also with an ankle I mean this is a Older guy who I'm, I'm sure he's stayed in shape. He was on the Texans. I wonder if they say, you know, he is a little banged up. You see there's Josh, there's four guys on this uh, injury report who are listed as uh, vet rest days. So you wonder maybe Philip Lindsay's kind of along those same lines where he's someone who needs to learn the playbook and maybe he's ready to go outside of that. Just being someone who's been in the league for so long. Yeah. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm, completely crazy. Have you seen many of these vet rest days show up on the Dolphins? I mean, I, I don't know that earlier in the year I saw too many of these and I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe this is just, you know, cocky Dolphins, you know, they're starting to realize they have a chance at this thing and they're in the hunt and they're, they're trying to rest some of these guys. But I, I don't know, man, the whole Philip Lindsay thing, I, I hope he's back out there, but I did think 
I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but Malcolm Brown might be coming back this week too. So uh, another snail in that backfield to, to snipe carries away from some of these other guys. It's important to keep in mind, Josh, the Dolphins haven't had a lot of vets over the last couple of years. So that could be part of it. Good, Why, good, um, good point. And, and, and I think the way they do the, the injury report is a little different uh, compared to years past where you can kind of say things like this and, it, and it's interesting. And uh, it's, also interesting, Josh, you have guys like Xavier Howard and Byron Jones for limited. And then uh, Jesse Davis, who did not participate, even though they were all vet rest. So you, you wonder what the difference is. But hey, I mean, here we are. We're being Charlie again, Josh. We're talking about how people are listed on, on, a Wednesday, on a Wednesday injury report after the holidays. What the, the hell is wrong with us? <laughs> That's what happens when you're in the hunt. So moving on, Josh, you, I think you hinted at it. Uh, the Giants, man, I don't know who they're starting at quarterback. I do have to say I'm going to a casino up here. Uh, Connecticut gambling is legal. I'm going to take a trip over there. Um, Man, I don't want the Giants to get, put me in a position where I'm such a cocky Dolphins fan. I make a decision I'm going to regret. Uh, the Giants at four and seven, Josh, are dealing with a tough situation because not only are they bad, but Daniel Jones uh, is dealing with the next one. And isn't that just perfect considering Mike Glennon has all the neck in the world? So, I mean, <laughs> is that not just perfect there? But, I mean, when I first heard this, Jake, I mean, I laughed because I didn't realize Mike Glennon was still in the league. But, I mean... Daniel Jones, the Mike Glenn. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, after what we saw over the last few weeks, I, I don't care really who it is. They can bring Eli out of, you know, the, the Monday night thing that he's doing, Peyton, have him out there. I think this Dolphins defense, uh, I'm sounding too cocky. I better shut up. But yeah, it sounds like it might be <laughs> Daniel Jones. And I just have to die that it says next straight when, again, Mike Glenn has all the neck in the world. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh, we got two more notes here. Let's walk through them. And this one, man, you sent me this in a DM and I, I was, was dying. I could not. I thought it was fake. I thought it was the onion. <laughs> I was so confused, but I mean, it kind of gives you an idea that maybe the dolphins weren't as they're crazy. They've done some things that are very questionable, but but here we have, man, that maybe there are some other crazy people out there. George Godsey was rumored to be in talks with Georgia Tech to become their next offensive coordinator, but the two sides couldn't reach an agreement. Josh, can you expand on this a little bit? Because I just read what you put in the rundown. Yeah, well, I, I just saw Barry Jackson's tweet, and I was just, I mean, I was just completely dying. He had from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, they reported Georgia Tech was interested in hiring George Godsey as their offensive coordinator. Godsey instead will remain one of the Dolphins' 206 offensive coordinators <laughs> and super secret play callers. So I really didn't think there was any better way to sum that up than with what Barry Jackson said. You, lo you love that shade there. I mean, it was Godsey's alma mater, so, I mean, maybe it makes sense there, but um, I just felt like, you know, at first – 
earlier in the year, I would have been like, hell yeah, man, take George Gazi. But after we're starting to see this offense slowly start to come together when you really don't have any idea who's in charge of what, I mean, I would have been a little disappointed to have this looming over the team now, you know, that we're quote unquote in the hunt, you know, with everything that we've dealt with already to have this looming over them uh, would have sucked with how well the offense looks. So I was just completely shocked that, you know, this was a report I heard. I mean, you see all these great coaches and not to say George Godsey isn't one, but I definitely didn't see, think to see his name coming up in these rumors this part of the season. Josh, why, why does something like this come out? Because I mean, this guy is a, one of 206 offensive coordinators on a professional football team. I, I, I don't know why the rumor of him be wanting to go down to college and be an offensive coordinator, why that would be something that's even appealing or something Georgia tech would even want to offer. I mean, I don't know how much money is involved there, but I'd have to think, you know, what he's doing in the NFL, what the opportunities can become in the NFL. I don't know. Maybe if, if Georgia tech thought he was settling to be a co-offensive coordinator or what, but I thought this is a little interesting just for that, idea of, Hey, I mean, we, we could offer God, I, I don't know, Jason Taylor to be our third podcast host and you know, he's going to decline it. And that that's kind of, he might, he might say yes with us. He might, you're right. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Good I point. don't know if he was maybe, you know, trying to get more money out of the dolphins or, you know, maybe he was trying to set something up for the future. Maybe he has questions. Maybe he doesn't know if Flores will retain his job and maybe he'll be unemployed. I, I don't know, but yeah, man, I could not, I was kind of dumbfounded when I saw this. Another thing that kind of threw me off, Jake, before we wrap up this podcast, I don't know if you saw this, but Christian Wilkins spit, uh, shot a spitball, spitball at Tua Tungvaloa yesterday, hit him right, pegged him right in the side of the head, and um, it was slowed down on Twitter. It was just something that you love to see when you think back. Like you said, we had a seven-game losing streak. Everyone was coming out here, you know, grumbling and mumbling and look sad, defeated, hated their life. And now they're out there, you know, your QB one's getting hit in the head with a spitball. So I thought it was funny. and something we had to talk about. What were your thoughts on that, Jake? Josh, I got to ask you, I mean, Christian Wilkins was there. There are witnesses that Christian Wilkins was there, but I need to ask you this. Is it confirmed that there was not a second spitter? Yeah, I, I thought someone said that. Was that you that said there might have been a second spitter? Because I dude, this is right out of an episode of Seinfeld. This is right out of Yeah, this is the yeah, I, I don't there could have been. There could have been multiple offenders. I, I'm not sure, but I mean this dude got pegged right in the side of the head in his reaction. I mean, you would have thought it was a, a legit bull that just smacked him upside his head. From waddling to this man, like that's kind of the love key, it. and that's kind of why we love football because the personal the human stories that come out where it's just a bunch of guys having fun and competing together I think that's always an interesting thing and I mean Christian Wilkins man that's someone uh despite the whole I think the Dolphins uh Twitter bandwagon came at him for breaking Preston Williams foot back in the day I still don't think that was his fault uh has been kind of a, a pleasant surprise for the Dolphins I think he started out slow I mean obviously he came in he was drafted uh when Brian Flores he was starting his first season so the expectations were high for him but I mean they built a defense where he can kind of shine despite not being, you know, maybe like a, a top five guy at his position. Yeah. And I mean, we think we talked about in the last podcast. He's what second in the NFL and interior defensive line with tackles beyond the line of scrimmage or whatever it was. I mean, he's been playing awesome. And I think the dolphins have to pick up that fifth year option. Last thing, Jake, I wanted to mention when we were talking about Waddle, but I want to ask you this question. Uh, Jalen Waddle has 77 receptions for 759 yards and four touchdowns. He needs eight receptions to break Jarvis Landry's Miami Dolphins rookie record of 84 and is only 125 yards away from breaking Chris Chambers' rookie record of 883 yards. Chambers also holds the rookie touchdown record of seven. So, Jake, will Jalen Waddle shatter all those Miami Dolphin rookie records? Man, it's hard to not see that happening. Maybe, maybe if Devontae Parker and Will Fuller come back, it might be this might have been something that 
would still happen, but it'd be maybe closer to the finish line. Obviously, there's an extra game, and we're not even close to that, though, yet. Uh, we know how much the Dolphins love to fo- throw the football, and, I mean, Waddle's going to be someone who consistently gets open, and there aren't a lot of guys on that offense who you can consistently throw to. So, I mean, he's gonna do it all he, this could, week. he could beat this this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's going to do it all this week. Eight, what, eight receptions, 125 yards, and three touchdowns, man. He'll tie, well, I guess he'll tie the right. But, yeah, let's do it, man. Send it in. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, with the so, extra game, I, I don't know how. You know, barring knock on wood, anything, you know, unforeseen. I think Jalen Waddle, you know, is on pace to shatter all those records. And again, it just goes to our excitement. You know, we should all be waddling around like penguins right now because the Dolphins, at least through 12 games, look like they hit, well, not just Jalen Waddle, but a bunch of young, promising young players. Man, it, it is so nice to come on here and, and have a show kind of fly by because you're talking about a lot of fun stuff. And I don't know if this is just a homer in me, but I'm starting to kind of consider this season as year two part two if that like makes that. sense yeah. of the rebuild just for the sake of it this team kind of has that idea of like you you see where they, it's the what if games the what if games the what if games but the growth through the second half of the season is undeniable and you you wonder man it, it's starting to get that point you wonder what would happen with another season with these guys but that is definitely putting the carriage in front of the horse so thank you guys so much for joining us thank you so much for putting us in your spotify list thank you so much for spending time with us We'll be back on Friday. We will talk more about the Giants and the neck and head who will ever be facing the <laughs> Dolphins and what will come with that. Can't wait, Jake. And, and like Jake said, thank you guys so much for listening. The best way to stay up to date with our podcast are by subscribing. Leave us a review. Any review is fine, but five stars are definitely preferred. And guys, uh, you know, we're, we're in the hunt. Somehow the Dolphins are in the hunt. And let's just hope these next few games are as good as the last four. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. I am Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll be back tomorrow with our preview episode of the Giants. Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami.